0: Welcome to another episode of The Marketer's Edge, a series designed to share senior-level marketing perspective about marketer challenges, opportunities, and agency relationships. Our goal is to help marketers learn from other marketers across different industries and help provide perspective for agencies about the things marketers deal with every day to help them better represent their clients and win new business. Today, we're talking with Lisa Chase, a Senior Director of Strategic Planning for the ENT department uh, at Mount Sinai. Uh, Lisa, thanks so much for joining us today. How have you been?
1: Wonderful, thank you very much for having me here, Mark.
0: Uh, absolutely, was really looking forward to it. Um, I've got a small handful of questions for you today, but maybe before we get to those questions, can you tell me a little bit about Mount Sinai and your role in the organization, so our viewers know what kind of healthcare organization it is, and and a bit, you know, learn a little bit more about what you do for them.
1: Sure, certainly. So the Mount Sinai Health System is an academic medical center. We have eight hospitals and one school, the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. Uh, it is a full-on everything you need to have for a hospital, stemming from primary care to all tertiary care. Um, we're very well known for uh, difficult cases, multiple cancers. Uh, even in the ear, nose, and throat department, we have head and neck surgery for you know head and neck cancers. Um, so so very uh, wide breadth of what we treat at at the Mount Sinai Health System. And it's spanning the five boroughs in New York City. I stemmed from the central marketing area. So we were servicing, like we were an in-house agency servicing all of the service lines in the entire hospital system, as well as the school. I then moved to the Department of Otolaryngology when we wound up with a merger back in 2012. So we became, we went from one hospital and one school to now what is eight hospitals and one school. We have 14 locations in the Department of ENT. So um, I do all traditional. Wow and digital marketing, social media, um, all of the messaging for it, strategic planning and operations, primarily in the vein of the digital operations for appointment booking. So um, that's my bailiwick. And recently I took on a concierge medicine program in-house. We started that in 2019 and it's primarily for a B2B outreach effort for um, our referring physicians. Okay,
0: great. Well, it probably keeps you pretty busy every day, I would imagine
1: absolutely never a dull day <laughs> <laughs> um
0: so it, I, I was curious if i'm remembering correctly prior to working at mount sinai um what what were you doing prior to this I, I remember there being something a little bit different and interesting
1: i sure actually i was at montefiore medical center but before i got there i was in journalism and the juncture that pushed me into healthcare right. was i was writing for a healthcare column for the new york daily news so um I was okay. happy to kind of that's just hang great. my journalism hat up and, and move into healthcare. Yeah. Like I've never had a boring day in my life here. It just has been one of the most fascinating fields. And just trying to be a patient advocate is really what I aim to do that's every great. day, whether that's in my website copy or an ad that we're running. But you know, I always say to everyone, sometimes the decision is for patients not to come to your hospital as well as to come to your hospital. And That's our job as marketers to really say, this is what we're really good at and these are where yeah. our highlights are at the system. And-
0: that's great. Yeah, I was just curious what that, you know, some of those ex- uh, different experiences that you had prior to entering into the world of, of healthcare. Has that sort of impacted your approach or your perspective, uh, uh, any, you know, in terms of how you market or how you think uh, strategically in, in managing the business of the health system?
1: That's an excellent question. And yes, definitely. Um, The patient experience has really been a vein of all of my marketing efforts, even stemming back from central marketing. And in fact, once I got into the department of ENT, we had a struggling physician who really needed to bolster up his surgeries and his volume. And we took only one patient who was just this extraordinary patient who had a head and neck cancer and he did everything on every platform that we could have ever thought of. Social media, oh, wow. press, video, every educational seminars about HPV, the correlation to head and neck cancers. And we wound up spiking his his surgical volume by like 57% Ooh. by the end of the year. It was a big dramatic change. Just taking one patient wow. to tell a story because it's one thing for us as marketers or even the physicians to say, here's what we're good at, but it's so much better when you can take an actual client of yours. doesn't have to be healthcare just to say, Hey, I, I endorse this product or this service because of the fact that it just had the most wonderful experience of my life. And
0: in this yeah. case, you know, he's wow. alive.
1: to Talk about it.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, wow, I got, got goosebumps just thinking about it. So it just Aww. seemed so inspiring and, and uh, yeah, I would imagine that it, it, it you know, I'm not surprised that it had the, the impact that it had. That's fantastic. Um, so you, you've probably seen a lot of change in the world of healthcare marketing over the 11 years you've been, you know, at the system. Um, other than, you know, the likely increased activity in digital social channels, uh, what would you say some of the bigger shifts have been either in the way you're marketing or the market in general or consumers in general? What What, what do you think some of those have been?
1: Well, I'm sure your marketing audience is probably going to agree with me that my marketing spend um, has dramatically decreased for traditional and has moved, I would say about 70% into all digital, meaning social media as well as search engine marketing and you know any type of website promotion there, um, blogs, everything that falls under social media. Um, however, the I think the most dramatic shift I've seen, besides the huge push into digital and, and recently also into video, is just the overwhelming need in the healthcare space for telemedicine. It was a huge shift in 2020 at the onset of the pandemic to move from in office sure to telemedicine. So 100% of my marketing budget shifted. It was the quickest shift I've ever done in marketing in my life. It was an entire <laughs> shift of my whole budget from everything that was laid out for the rest of the year to just digital and to just telemedicine. Wow. So it was one message, but hmm. one thing I learned out of that was that it wound up being such a strong message because everything was so concentrated. It wasn't dispersed over different divisions that do different services. It wasn't you know, a traditional spattering here or a location marketing there. It was everybody in the system was just on board for telemedicine. And I, it wasn't a huge wow. spend. I have to say my search engine marketing alone was under $30,000 to last me for at least four months. But we went very hard and strong with a Facebook and Instagram campaign. Um, Those two channels were selected very strategically because those were the ones that we were seeing our best returns and conversions out of. I know it's a little harder to measure with Instagram than it is with Facebook, but we had a very interesting experience about doing A-B testing on Facebook. We pretty much took the same copy in two different photographs and one was very realistic of the surgeon who had just kind of flown in. He was doing telemedicine. He was still in his scrubs. And we took another wonderful clean shot of this gentleman with his... You know the surgeon with his iPad, and the the clean shot wound up channeling better on Facebook, <laughs> and this like lively shot wound up doing better on Instagram, and it was just ironic because the physician who did better oh, on Facebook was a really big enthusiast of Instagram, so he was like actually disappointed that he, he didn't perform better on <laughs> Instagram. So.
0: Maybe maybe not so much anymore. <laughs> so
1: uh, yeah, we <laughs> that's
0: all that's funny. No, I was just going to ask uh, what. Telemedicine, uh, you know yeah. the the explosion of it over the last couple of years. Um, just your prediction: Do you see it still sticking and being a thing as we move forward over the next, you know, two to three years? Hopefully, in a non-pandemic state.
1: Yes, and in fact, um, I would say it's probably going to be a forever state uh, of fifteen to twenty okay. percent—not the pandemic, but um, telemedicine so uh, we saw you know a decline obviously when we went back to the office and that was expected um one way i'm kind of optimizing some surgeon schedules is to either have a full telemedicine day still on their schedule so that they can relax on a friday and take you know whatever telemedicine that they need to do sometimes they just double booking so they're in office and they're double booking a telemedicine so when they have a very short visit in office for particularly follow-ups um they can then take the telemedicine to kind of like, fill up their schedule and kind of optimize their schedule. But I I do foresee this being a a good like 15%. So it's not something to ever walk away from. And in fact, I'm part of a grant right now that is a device company. Um, It's actually Tidocare, and we're putting devices into primary care offices to see if we can get patients treated better, particularly pediatrics, you know, when moms can't just make it all of a sudden to over to the doctor's office. So we're measuring outcomes and the speed at which they are actually being treated and then uh, whatever type of follow-up that they are gonna need. So um, that is currently in the works right now. And I think Hmm. that the devices are really gonna become the future of telemedicine. They're getting cheaper and cheaper, just like all technology. I right. think that one day you are very likely in your future going to have some type of telemedicine kit at your home. You're going to be <laughs> able to do a camera like in a little wire down your throat. You're going to be able to do some type of scoping <laughs> of your ear, or your nose. And wow. um, it, it just yeah, They I, th- I think the future is very bright for it. I know people are yeah. down right now because everyone's just so excited to get back to life. I, I mean, we're all included, I'm sure, in that. Yeah. But um but there will be a space for this and I think the convenience of not having to commute to your doctor's office is very special.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, I was going to ask you about your predictions for the next 5 to 10 years and that's a that's a that's a pretty pretty interesting one and and frankly one that seems, you know, while, while it seems a little bit out there, it doesn't seem unrealistic in terms of being able to achieve that that kind of an end. So um, so let, let's just jump back maybe uh, to a few more marketing questions. Um, you know, with you marketing, and, and I may get this wrong, and, and forgive me if I do, but with you marketing one department of a pretty large hospital system, uh, how does that you know the system keep everything on the same track sort of presenting themselves in the same way carrying the you know the right tone and the character and its messaging across different departments um can you can you speak speak to that a little
1: bit sure even when i was in central marketing we always had an agency um they were always the ones to drive the brand and then the branding we wound up changing after the merger just to kind of say that we're kind of a new and refreshed we had a tired logo so that was redone in two thousand and thirteen, and everything was redone. I mean we're talking every white coat every sign across all of our locations. And then every single hospital was just changed over in in probably within eight months. we we got one hundred percent of that done. It also was about a two million dollar digital spend that we spent okay. just on the branding alone. Um, in addition to that, we had plenty of traditional ads that were going on on the traditional side, I was primarily working in the digital side at that time. Um, It still continues today. I was actually serving on a a brand council that we had in marketing to make sure everybody was compliant with that. We also have a brand website, which I think is really smart. So it's just a website that Mount Sinai employees can access at any time. And we're talking letterhead, logos, um, anything that that you would like to download. And they're all in every different type of format. So I thought that was very smart. It's very Mm. easy to access. It's very easy to download assets for that. Um, in addition to that, they still have an agency working on, you know, just branding across the system. We all report up into the branding uh, powers that be to cross every dot and or cross every T and dot every I in terms of all okay. of our brochures that we make on the departmental level. Um, all of our, our any material, any collateral goes through them just to double check that you know we're in compliance with our right. logo. Um, right. it, and I just think that it's it's a really good consistent message uh, with taglines um and it's just it's been a really good integrated marketing department so we That's have calls regularly twice a week just with the regular marketing department we have a creative okay. director who sits in central marketing he and his creative team interface with the agency and then we as departmental marketers interface with the agency for smaller campaigns so when you know i run search engine marketing campaigns similar to the telemedicine i actually have 5 of them running right now for different divisional uh, initiatives but we're able to interact directly with them. Central marketing then becomes the reverse role and they're in a tertiary role, whereas we're in the tertiary role for the branding of it. But uh, yeah, I know you're very agency okay. heavy with your audience and, and we do have that mixed agency versus in-house. So I, I I'm a mm-hmm. really huge advocate of this because our in-house people are so, so tied to the brand and so tied to what we do that sometimes an agency just glosses over highlights or they miss something it's really critical. I feel like even in a small organization to have people inside, however many you can afford to have, as right. well as people on the outside, because I would never really want to do a search engine marketing campaign without an agency. They have better rates. They have better uh, people who are able to say, hey, you might even want to change something as small as a structured snippet to try to better optimize your you know, click-through rate or, or your yeah. cost per call. Uh, so I feel like that we work symbiotically with them, but that the in-house people are so very important because they're there every day.
0: Got it. So so you've got an in-house team and then you work selectively with certain agencies. Are they filling specific needs that you feel like your in-house team just doesn't have the maybe technical expertise to satisfy?
1: Uh, yes, particularly with the search engine marketing. Uh, okay. We do not have an internal search engine marketing team. I don't know that that's even necessarily worth it. I mean, they have specialty areas in the agency of just optimizing, you know, keywords and running reports and, you know, going to Google and getting best rates and and making recommendations on these keywords versus those keywords. I even just wound up running keywords double in two areas, even though they were broken out by zip codes, I sorta had a competing campaign and had to revisit my own keywords that I created. (laughs) Um, So (laughs) I feel like that they have a really good pulse on very technical areas. Um, same with placements of ads. I'm running some traditional ads in Long Island and New Jersey right now. And, you know, sometimes you'll just get something better because the agency orders so much yeah. from them. So I just recently right. got a Q&A associated with what I was thinking was only a traditional ad placement. So I was super excited to get the advertorial with that. So thanks, okay. they definitely bring benefits to the table.
0: Any, any advice you'd give to a healthcare marketer thinking about bringing an agency on board for the first time?
1: Yeah, definitely vet. I think you have to be comfortable with your agency. I mean, you might think one is bringing more to the table, but you really have to be able to have that communication path. I know some agencies in the past, we've had limited communications because it's a cost. Other times it's, you know, we like to brainstorm with them too, just to make sure that we all get on the same page and see how we can optimize that. So I, I just feel like almost like a gut instinct feeling, Um, And then it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, they're all gonna come to the table with really good digital and traditional solutions. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're digital heavy, some of them are a little bit more digital heavy, definitely ask the question of like, what percentage of the business that you do um in the area that you would like to see it go if you're more traditional heavy um and and then even just you know working with booth displays things like that like we do a lot of conferences like never underestimate that they get branded too and you know they (laughs) need to have taglines and all good things like that and could they negotiate rates for you over at conferences or is that not their bailiwick so just um get as nitty-gritty as as you can because this is going to be a partner that you're not going to want to drop you know necessarily right like three to five years is really where you should be going with your agency at, at right. minimum, just to say, we're in a partnership together to move yeah. the needle. And and if you can't move the needle together, then, you know, you shouldn't have one force pulling more weight. It, it should be an equidistant force.
0: That, that that's, that's great advice. Absolutely. It, you guys should work as a partnership. And, uh, you know, sometimes agencies kind of let themselves fall into the more doer executor role and and you know uh i think it's within their control to to some degree to to you know be able to prevent that from happening and and i think it you know being able to think like a business partner and not just a you know communication or creative vendor uh is yeah. is the first step that they need to take so last question um you know if an agency was trying to knock down your door and and attempting to win business from you what advice would you give them
1: I would say, you know, make your price as competitive as possible because some of them have large fees associated with add-ons <laughs> that go on throughout the year. Um, I learned a, a hard lesson. I was clinging on to an agency that was kind of going out the door uh, last year or the year before. And no I really, really had a wonderful relationship with them in terms of search engine marketing and asked for them to stay on uh, because smaller campaigns like mine and ANT were, were still going on. And they said yes. Um, But what happened was that they had an agency fee that was covered originally by Mount Sinai that left Mm. when we got the other agencies. So I wound up having to pay more because that agency wasn't covered. So Mm. for additional data reports or additional calls, I wound up actually having to tack on, whereas all of that stuff was actually covered beforehand. So I would say definitely be transparent about pricing uh, sure. what are you getting how much time are you getting we keep going back and forth with our agencies with how much time are we allowed how many data reports are we allowed for me data <laughs> is everything you know in terms of where do I go next, or what trend am I seeing, or how does this content piece need to then play out on other platforms, right. is it performing? If we don't get regular data reports, I, it, we wind up being lost in a fog. Yeah, I so it makes
0: it hard hard to manage yeah. your business.
1: Yes, so so ask religiously about like data reports and fees and, and how do you communicate with your clients right. and what is the cadence of your communications and what is the cadence of your data reports? Oh. And then, you know, maybe ask them too like, how have you changed a, a campaign or, a, or the brand, and, and how much have you moved the needle? Like, have you increased brand awareness? You know, mm-hmm. what type of brand markers do you have? Like, are you using brand software to, to track all of your markers, and are you in that space together? And, and what has been your like greatest success story, and what's been your greatest failure story? I always yeah. ask that. I even ask that of interviewees that are
0: you know yeah. coming from Sinai. Yeah, no, that, that's great advice. And, and I think taking uh, sort of more of that case study approach to evaluating agencies, you know, share with them what your challenges are and see if they've been able to address similar things for other clients and and, and all the, the, the things you brought up relative to reporting and data and analytics, you know, all those things, they're just... Becoming more and more critical, and and I think it's it's good, it's right for the agency to be transparent, and it's it's right for you know marketers like you to ask those tough questions up front. Actually, they shouldn't be tough questions, but ask those questions up front, you know, to get at that information. So. Um, Well, this has been great, Lisa. I really appreciate it. You know, you've given us some great things to think about both the marketers that'll be watching as well as the agencies, uh, just different ways to think about the business. Interesting. Uh, I'll I'll look forward to getting my, uh, my, my kit, uh, sometime and, and, and practicing, uh, you know, uh, using telemedicine. I think uh, that that day probably is not too far away. Um, but, uh, Yeah, no, it's been great. I really appreciate the time and and you've given us some great things to think about and uh, you have a, a, a super rest of the day.
1: You too. Thank you very, very much for having me here today.
0: All right. Thanks a lot.